0: physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something I'm really passionate about, and that's diagnosing problems. And I'm going to go through this, whether we're a guide, an advisor, a professional coach consultant, the number one thing we need to be really clear is on the problem we're solving for our client. And I'm going to use the bit of a doctor reframe. That's something um, I learned a long time ago. But the reality is we tend to get too quickly to our solution and impose it on the other person, whereas we need to really focus on helping the other person understand their problem so that they trust us to solve it. So first I'm going to start with one of my favorite quotes by Charles Kettering. Um, Charles Frank- Franklin Kettering worked with GM and he was generally considered responsible for a lot of their innovation when they were leading and taking charge and making a bunch of innovative things. And my favorite quote is, a problem well stated is a problem half solved. And this is, I think, where a lot of people, they go too quickly to trying to solve without really getting clear on the root cause of the problem. So this is going to be a little longer video, a little bit more of a rant. um, But I promise you this is a good path forward. I think it'll give you some insight. So whenever you're approached with something, instead of going to solution, stop and take the time to brainstorm and understand the problem. Do we understand all the stakeholders? Do we understand how much the problem costs? How long has the problem been going on? How many people is it impacting? Is it a big problem? Is it a little problem? I like to say, a lot of people jump to solutions and we end up solving penny problems when we're walking past million dollar problems. So if you create a penny solution, it's cheap, it's quick, you're gonna feel good for about five seconds and then you're gonna realize, oops, we still have problems. So the goal here is to solve big problems. Now, my favorite tool for that, I want to thank Toyota. Um, It was created by... um, Toyota to solve problems with their cars and I think the original person who's credited with it I'm going to butcher the name I'm sorry but Tai Chi Ono and basically everybody else has implemented it Um, there is some criticism to the problem but the reality is we should be getting clear on the root cause not the symptoms so for example if I sneeze and I cough and I feel achy and feverish I could go and try to treat the sneeze, the aches, the cough, the fever, but the reality is, if we diagnose it further, I might have a cold, I might have the flu, I might have something else. We need to understand what is actually wrong with me before we can truly treat and cure the problem. You know, having b- high blood pressure, a doctor would never let you leave with high blood pressure medication without doing tests. So I want all of you to get used to this, whether you're the entrepreneur looking at your own business, whether you're an entrepreneur looking at other businesses, get to the root cause. If you're not confident you're at the root cause, keep digging. And by the way, Toyota calls this the five whys. It's not literally just five whys and you stop. It's five whys plus or minus until you get to the root cause. So I'm going to give you an example. And this is based on Wikipedia. So thank you, Wikipedia. An example of a problem is with Toyota, a vehicle wouldn't start. And so maybe the first question is, why wouldn't the vehicle start? And the first answer might be the battery is dead. We've identified a symptom, the battery is dead. Why is the battery dead? Well, maybe it's because the alternator is not functioning. Well, why is the alternator not functioning? Because the alternator belt has broken why and by the way if you're at symptom levels if the alternator's not functioning you'll replace the alternator and then you hope it works Um, if the alternator belt is broken you replace the belt and hope it works you can see that you're throwing energy at a problem without actually knowing what to fix Um, so the next question is why is the alternate belt broken and you can say the alternate belt was beyond its useful service life and hadn't been replaced Well, why was the alternate belt beyond its life and not replaced? Um, And the why there, the answer might be the vehicle was not maintained according to the recommended service schedule. That's the root cause. So you see, we can go down tangents. We could replace the battery. We could replace the alternator. We could replace the belt. Um, We could yell at people for not following service or not servicing frequently. Or we can get to the root cause and say, we had a schedule, it wasn't followed. How do we solve it? So you can see the beautiful thing there. It's elegant and simple. You're solving the root cause permanently rather than solving the symptom that surfaces. And by the way, we do this in our our lives, Um, you know, I'm hungry, why am I hungry? I didn't eat lunch? Well, why didn't I eat lunch? You know, get to the root cause. It's not always I'm hungry because I'm hungry. It's maybe I'm too busy to stop and eat lunch. Is that something a bigger? What's the root cause of the too busy? So the you can take this to multiple levels if you need to, um but if you haven't got to the root cause by the fifth, you might want to start over with that as you're your beginning statement and do another 5 whys, but you don't stop until you know with 100% certainty that you've identified the source of the problem, and you can then use that well-defined problem to solve it. So that's my little rant about the Charles Kettering and the 5 whys. When I work with people, what I want you to understand is that if you are the expert and you know, here's the problem, here's the solution, you'll alienate your clients if you don't explain the path from problem to solution. And I'm not saying you need to walk them through your many years of university or whatever. um, But what I do in my world with my clients, and I encourage all of you to do this in your world, I have a five-step process for every client thing that we do. And brace yourself, this is not unique to Jeff. I borrowed this from the world. I literally read, I think it was um, project management for dummies or project management 101. And the five steps they use apply to any problem in our world. So first things first, my first step is I either analyze or diagnose. So I'm using a combination of, you know, Charles Kettering's quote, the five whys, and then I'm visually asking questions, I'm visually inspecting, I'm, you know, looking to gather as many facts as I can to make sure I can say with confidence Um, I have done the five whys and I know the root cause, so do not leave the analyze, diagnose stage until you can say with confidence, I have the root cause. And by the way, this is an amazing experience for a customer or client. If you get to the root cause with them in their words, and by the way, make sure you write their words down and make sure you go through this with them. If you can state the problem in their language and they can say to you and you have a question, you say, okay, I think this is what I'm hearing is the root cause, would you agree yes or no? And the magic of all of this is if you agree and you get them to the root cause and they state, yes, that's my root cause, guess what? They're going to want you to help them solve it because you've given them the confidence that you understand their problem. So that's the thing, and you need to understand this. Somebody who doesn't understand the path laid out for them, um, you know, if you're operating in a black box or a mystery environment, if they don't understand the path, they're not willing to take the first step, let alone go multiple steps with you. So you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your client. If you truly believe you can help them, you owe it to give them the steps. So as I said, step one is the most important step. Um, I've seen businesses that make money just doing diagnosis. They don't even get into solutions, they recommend other solutions, but basically you add value to them by helping them define their problem. I'll restate it, a problem well stated is a problem half solved. I love that quote. Now, the second step is we make recommendations. Um, here's what I understand. And by the way, I love to do this as a deliverable, um, you know, here's the report. I, I don't do proposals. I do diagnostic reports. Um, and basically what we say is here's what we found. Um, and think about car dealerships. That's what they do. Here's what we found. We ran these diagnos- diagnostics. Here's what we need to do. Um, which of these do you want to fix? And By the way, I've changed mechanics because somebody diagnosed and found a problem that nobody else had. Um, I lost faith in the other places because how did you miss it? So being good at diagnosing is a huge trust factor. So recommend is the second stage. So what I normally do is I lay out, here's what I found. Here's what we did to diagnose. Here's your answers to these questions. Um, And by the way, it doesn't take as much time as you think it does. I do my meetings on Zoom, I transcribe it and I've got the really rough draft of a report there. Um, But I lay out, here's where you are. I lay out, here's what it's costing you to not fix it. Here's what I recommend we do to fix it. So the recommendation phase is a one and done. And by the way, each of my phases, I invite people to drop out if they're not comfortable moving forward. So they're only committing to the next step, the next step, the next step, not, the, uh, long, not some long unknown process. So the third stage is implement. So we agree this is what the problem is. We agree these are the solutions we'd like to, and together we're going to implement. Um, I prefer to be a consultant or a coach and I guide people. I don't want to be the person doing the work. Um, sometimes that's not practical. I have to be the one doing the work. But for me, it's got to be high level work that I enjoy. Um, but basically implement is step three. Now, step four is maintain. And basically what we're doing is we're setting some metrics or key performance indicators. We're showing them how to check and monitor, you know, back to the the car example, we're giving them the maintenance schedule. You know, do this every month, do this every quarter, do this every year. Make it easy for them to follow your advice. And then the fifth and final step is optimize. And what we do in this, this is a an, a value added service that we add on. They pay extra for it, and it's our premium. But what we do is every quarter we meet to look at their business and look at it from a high level and say, what else do we need to improve? What else do we need to change? Now, the final thing I wanna talk about is a concept called instant influence. And this comes from um, the book by the same name from the author, Michael Pantalon. And this is absolutely one of my favorite books. The whole point of inf- instant influence is to either get our- ourselves to take action or to help our clients understand why they'd want to take action. And this is influence because we're guiding them. We firmly believe that what we want them to do is in their best interests. We have a moral obligation to help them cross the line and finish. So the six steps to instant influence, I highly recommend you read the book, otherwise you're just gonna be muddling through and we'll have some detailed stuff on this going forward. Step number one is to ask them, Why might you change? So we've identified the root cause. The question is now why might we want to treat the root cause? Why might we want to solve that root cause? Second question, ask them, how ready are you to engage on a scale, or sorry, change on a scale of one to 10? We're letting them tell us how important this is and what their number is. And spoiler alert, if somebody doesn't rate it as high, they're very unlikely to do it because they don't have a strong enough Y. And if you keep running into resistance, you might wanna go back to um, your five Ys and try to break that root cause down into smaller bites so that they can see that solution is within reach, not some distant horizon they'll never get to. The third question is to ask, why didn't you pick a lower number? This helps them and by the way, if you say, why, did, why didn't you pick a higher number? They're going to defend their number. Whereas if they pick a lower number, they might look at it and say, well, maybe I'm a little bit higher. Question four is to ask, imagine you've changed, what would the positive outcomes be? And basically, they're telling us why their world is better for making the change. We're helping them see the need for the change rather than pushing them to our solution. Uh, The fifth question is why are these outcomes important to you? Again we're letting them tell us why they might change and if their outcomes aren't important you're going to have to go back to the first question why might you change and see if you can find a smaller step for them. And then the final question question six is to ask what is the next step if anything? And what we're doing is letting them tell us what the next step looks like. Sometimes that next step might be as simple as we schedule a call, you know, and we talked about the diagnosis. Maybe the next step is to do the five whys again um, and do the five whys with the team, for example. And by the way, never do these exercises in complete and utter isolation. Um, You know, you want to do the five whys and figure out why the accounting department might want to change, why the marketing department might change. Um, You're going to run into surprises and friction down the road if you don't do this. So even though you're worried about losing momentum, you're thinking, oh, I'm never going to get there. You need to make sure everybody's on board so that you can have a long lasting relationship and small detail. That's how you get more referrals by building those long lasting relationships. So that was a tiny little bit of a rant, but I really hope this helps you um, stop trying to solve problems until you've detailed thoroughly, analyzed them, and gotten to the root cause. Parting comment, that's what doctors do. If you have something wrong with you, they're going to send you to a specialist, they're going to run tests. They're not going to say, oh, go take a pill and you'll be fine. Um, There's lawsuits, there's litigation, there's issues. You owe it to yourself and to your clients. You know, we talk about taking the scary out of business. In the Cash Flow Club, this is what we do. Um, We're not going to offer you a solution that we don't believe in. We're going to sit down with you. We're going to ask you these questions. We're going to encourage you to ask them. We don't start to solve the problem until you've said to us, yes, Jeff, we agree. That is the root cause. We agree that's the path forward. We like your analysis, we like your recommendations, we can't wait to implement, when do we start? So we don't do anything you're not going to want to do, we're not going to force you to do something, but at the end of the day, if you want to do something, we wanna make sure you have every chance available for success. So I wanna thank you, I know this was a little longer than most, but I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and understand, how important it is to really, really be clear and define that problem well so that we can help solve it. Thank you, and I hope you have a great day. to your wellness.